One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Today, we've got a crazy operating room malicious compliance story. We'll get to that story in a bit, but first, my first paying job and the person thought they would be clever paying me. I've always been interested in electronics and did a lot of reading and studying on my own and I was very good at buying things at swap meets and repairing them and reselling them as a teen. My first real paying job, a friend of my mom knew a guy who ran a place that supplied answering machines to businesses. They were new tech back at that point in time. She said he was desperate for someone who could fix them as he had ones with issues spilling over the shelves. So I went to see him. It was an interesting meeting, a middle-aged businessman and me, I was geez, 15 or so. We kind of eye each other and he asks me if I can fix them. I was pretty sure I could, and when he pulled out the service manuals for them, he had a couple that were based on the same base, I was quite sure. So he asks me what I wanted an hour, and I was used to getting $3 an hour for watching the kiddo next door on occasion, so I asked for that. He pondered that for a minute and made me an offer I couldn't refuse. $10 cash for each one I fix. I quickly agree and agreed to stop by after school the next day with my tools to dig in. The next day I show up and he takes me in the back and sure enough he has a couple big sets of industrial shelves overflowing with things. I start pulling them off and looking at them. He gives me a smile and drifts off and leaves me to it. I quickly discovered this guy had no tech skills whatsoever. None. Nada. Most of them had a brainlessly simple problem. The outgoing message was kept on a big loose loop of tape, with a metallic splice at the beginning slash end that went past two posts and that told the thing the tape had went all the way around and to stop and turn on the cassette recorder for the incoming message. The splices in the posts got dirty and didn't make good contact and the tape would just go on forever. About three minutes with some alcohol and a q-tip cleaning, those parts, as well as the other things in the tape path, not only had them going again, but sounding like new. I cleaned the front panels up with some spray cleaner and hit the wooden cases with some lemon pledge and they would look like new. I spent more time carefully coiling up the power cords than repairing them, but when I was done they looked and sounded like new. The owner came back to check on me a couple hours later to see if I was going to be able to crank one out for him that night, and I pointed to a pile of five or so and told him to check them out. His eyes just about popped out of his head. I got near ten done a night for a while. It did slow down a bit once I got the easy ones knocked out, but I just kept picking the low-hanging fruit and learning more and more about them. And getting deeper and deeper into them, he also had units coming in all the time so I did still have some easy ones mixed in with the bunch. I thought he was going to soil himself when we settled up at the end of the first week. I'd spent like three afternoons there and got near 30 of them fixed. It was a really good payday. He wasn't super happy with our agreement, but he had proposed it, and he had someone who was kicking butt getting them fixed. So he was cornered into honoring it. It wasn't lost on him that he could have been paying me like $12 a night, And I would have been happy with that, but he thought he would get the better of me. I mean, yeah, this is 100% an issue of the business owner, because clearly the amount they offered OP to fix per unit should be based on how much money they get off of fixing those repairs or selling whatever they have, 
so that no matter what, if OP fixes one, they're gonna make a profit and it'll be a nice little business. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, I'm a man of action, lady. This one was from about six and a half years ago, roughly. Our office manager at our surveying office would every so often purchase a piece of land and make a subdivision off of it to make extra money. There was one property he had bought and he had to hurriedly send us out to mark his property lines since the next day a guy was coming to completely clear and de-stump about the roughly 7 acres lot. While marking one line, this lady comes out and proceeds to curse us out and ask us what we were doing. My field crew chief at the time decided to take the freak you, mind your own business route. I thought better of it and decided to not be so brash about things. Now, I knew what was getting ready to happen on the property we were marking, but best business practices are to know as little as possible about what's happening. I told her that someone has just purchased the lot and wanted to see where his lines were. She had been mowing some over the property line, and she proceeded to tell me that she had broken four mowers, trying to keep that lot cut back so she had more open space around the house, and she was sick and tired of no one maintaining the lot. Equipped with the knowledge of what was coming the next day, I told her, Well ma'am, I'm a man of action, and I'm going to personally find the guy who has bought this property. I'm going to put my finger in his face and tell him he had better mow his property as soon as possible, or he's going to be dealing with me about it. Fast forward to the next morning, this huge tank-like machine went out, and by the end of the day, there wasn't so much as a stump or tall weed left clean as a pin down to the dirt. The next day we had to come out and do a topo on the land for the engineer. I couldn't resist going and knocking on that lady's door. She answered and I said, ma'am, I told you I would take care of it. Anything else you need? She said, I just wanted them to mow. On the positive side, we were out there probably another 15 to 20 times doing the subdivision layout. She always threatened to shove a wooden stake up my crew chief's butt but she told me she liked me and I was welcome on her property anytime. I'm just imagining OP's like, don't worry, we'll take complete care of this lot. We'll make sure there's no tall grass and it's all taken care of. And all of a sudden some giant the Lorax machine with like multi-blade axe whackers come out of nowhere. Evil villain music playing in the background as they just clear this lot all the way out. This next story is... I should accept requests, even though there could be legal issues? Got it. I, male 22, work as a teacher at my college's application school. We work little hours and we get paid a small amount of money too. It's like an internship. For the past semesters, I've been dealing with a supervisor whom we'll call Sheila, female plus or minus 40. Sheila is one of four supervisors at the school. The supervisors usually drop by your class once in a while to check if the students are having their needs met or to solve any issues, like a student that wants to retake a class, etc. My issue was that Sheila had a strange interest in me and, for some reason, focused way too much on what I did at the class, to the point of obviously overlooking other teachers. Because Sheila isn't a professor from my department, she only knew about me from colleagues or rumors around college. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Such rumors include, I bring whole meals to college instead of eating at the cafeteria like everyone. I was supposed to be in another college. Why? I'm not actually from this state. This one is true. And so on. She confronted me about these rumors in front of colleagues, but I brushed it off, which seemed to annoy her. Sheila then began to try and find out things I wasn't able to do. She asked me questions about buying a very specific device. Imagine something like a Wi-Fi camera, which I, of course, wasn't able to answer. She giggled and looked smug after that. I, however, managed to answer her other questions, even if they didn't relate to my field, which made her slightly upset. In one of those semesters, an older student that's a lawyer that we'll call Amanda, female plus or minus 60, started to request some things from me that I wasn't able to nor had permission to give. Such things include a free school approved, good digital dictionary, extremely detailed and personalized exam and exercise corrections, detailing of my methodology, explanations of the goals of every lesson, and audio transcripts of exam materials. Due to Amanda's lawyer occupation, she worded those requests to me in a very formal way. Our school is careful with lawyer students due to some legal issues that happened in the past. Something like a student trying to fire a teacher because they got caught cheating, because I wasn't able to fulfill her request due to lack of permission, and I'm not interested in going to court. I asked her to forward her request to my superiors, and guess who answered them? Sheila. Sheila didn't even bat an eye to Amanda's requests and started forwarding them to me, saying that I should comply. Because Amanda got what she wanted, she began sending more and more requests, to the point that Sheila just told me to accept all forwarded requests and be fast about it. So I did it. I sent materials, transcripts, and the like, all in the name of the school. Amanda was very happy, and Sheila was loving the extra work I was doing. She thought she was being smart and had the upper hand. Well, not until Sheila tried to embarrass me in front of my class. She said that despite my excellent work, I'm standoffish and that's funny. My students tried to correct her statement, but she just ignored them by saying, Really? And swiftly left. She tried to pull this again at an online class and another group of students shut her down again. I emailed her shortly after that saying that I would prefer her observations about my work to be done in a private setting rather than in front of the whole class. Sheila replied immediately, denying everything and said that I was imagining stuff. 
She even tried to manipulate me by saying that she was the most vocal supervisor in my favor and was ceaselessly requesting a promotion for me, which I never got. In the end, she assured me that no further comments would be made. That's what I foolishly thought. During a meeting, my boss addressed to all of us a concern from an unnamed supervisor that said us teachers were getting embarrassed by her presence. My boss said that such behavior was unacceptable and they're there to help. At that moment, I saw red. I couldn't believe Sheila had twisted my words and told my boss about the email exchange, portraying me as the bad guy. At one point in the meeting, I asked the other supervisors if we teachers were supposed to do everything I was asked to do for Amanda. They all replied a firm no and even gasped when I mentioned transcripts. Basically, our school doesn't have the authority to provide transcripts, and students could legally contest test results if a mistake was present in the transcription. I then requested a meeting with my boss and another supervisor about this. In the meeting, I pointed out that they said that we weren't supposed to be doing those tasks, but I was being ordered to do them anyway. My supervisor quickly opened the email and discovered that Sheila was sniping emails from me and my students and exclusively replied to all of them using her personal phone before others could do or see anything. We also discovered that she was archiving some of the requests so they wouldn't be found easily. I helped them dig everything up and my boss and the other supervisor said it was inappropriate of the supervisor to do that and they would talk with her about this. I left the meeting feeling relieved and hoped something would be done. After a few weeks, I saw the supervisor in person, but she said just excuse me and quickly left to another room. I kid you not, this woman treats me like I'm the plague now. She avoids me, doesn't address me directly anymore, and best of all, was apparently assigned to another role that doesn't involve supervision of teachers. Even though she hasn't been greatly punished, I bet she'll think twice before making her comments again. I'm pretty sure she was told in no uncertain terms Leave them alone. You've created a great legal risk and whatever you do, do not engage with this person. This next story is, who told you to do it this way? Being a travel nurse in the operating room has its benefits, the pay, the ability to take time off between assignments, and the bits of malicious compliance that make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Been in this hospital for two months. I've worked with this particular surgeon a handful of times. But it's always been the same procedure, so I know what he wants for every step of the case. I'm about to start applying skin prep, another layer of antimicrobial security to prevent post-op infection, to where the surgeon is going to operate. He always wants the armpit, front shoulder, and breast slash chest of the specific side prepped. We're operating on the patient's right side, they're already asleep, and their right arm is padded and secured on an arm board. Before I start prepping, the scrub tech immediately says, you need to undo their arm from the board so that you can prep the whole arm. I tell them no, the surgeon wants it prepped this way, the arm stays on the board. The scrub tech hadn't done this case with this doctor in quite some time either, but they still decided to explain how the whole arm should be prepped for this procedure. I ignored them. I begin my prep. Less than a minute later, the charge nurse comes in to log into a portable x-ray device. Us travelers don't often get credentials for those, and the scrub tech decides to ask the charge nurse how the surgical site should be prepped for this case right in front of me. 
The charge nurse backs up the scrub tech and tells me I should be prepping the whole arm in addition to the sites that I mentioned earlier. I protested, but Dr. X doesn't want that. He always wants the same areas prepped and draped accordingly. The charge nurse wasn't budging, and they demand I unfasten the arm and do it their way instead. I sigh and say okay. Cue malicious compliance. I prep the whole arm and I'm holding it in my sterile glove while waiting for the drapes and stockinette to be applied. All of a sudden, the most glorious thing happens. The surgeon arrives with the charge nurse still in the room. Did you prep the whole arm? He asked me. I said, yep. He said, why did you do that? You've been here two months. How do you not remember the prep by now? I said, I was told to prep it this way. They said, by who? Who told you to do it this way? The surgeon was pissed due to this delay. As a traveler, I've learned to take the heat for making small mistakes, and I was contemplating taking the fall for this so that we could just move on with the rest of the day. But before I could speak, my charge nurse was actually humble and admitted that they told me to prep the whole arm. The doc looked at me and said, did you tell them how I prefer it to be done? I say I did. The doc turned back to the charge nurse and proceeded to lambast her for delaying the case. The scrub tech just stared blankly at the wall, but I didn't look or listen. I just stood there enjoying the moment with the biggest poop-eating grin under my mask. It's a nice day when someone else proves you were right. Needless to say, I didn't renew my contract at that hospital. I mean, I suppose if it works, it works, you know, what the surgeon likes is usually the golden standard, but I wonder if you really should, like, prep the whole arm for whatever this is, like, if that's the bog standard way. I mean, obviously the surgeon knows best, right, but maybe the basic medical teachings say do the whole arm just to be safe. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 